Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. I don't know what these guys are doing, but... uh, Welcome. I'm and trying to be normal right I know, here. I appreciate that. But I guess that kind of coincides with today's topic. All four of us are here, which is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're here to talk about what happens when life hits the fan. Oof. And how do you deal with that as a teacher? Have all of you been through that? I'm guessing all of us have. Yes, yes sir. Yay, nay, me. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so how about, let's structure this out there. Before we share the positive aspects, let's just like talk about what has happened just name one i know mm. i'm sure several things have happened but just name an instance that's happened during your teaching career where something in your personal life was less than pleasant and it threw your whole game off twice i have moved during the first week of school mm. oh Ooh, man that's rough girl Oof. okay okay i found out my uncle passed away very suddenly in the middle of um in the middle of the school day. Mm. Mhm. Yeah. Can I be positive? Like, Absolutely. Is this, is this I mean, sad? the overall I yeah. I guess I framed it in a very negative way, but no, this is all that transition. transition. So yeah. <laughs> by all means, be the positive. <laughs> oh gosh, I anything like that. Um, uh, we I I had a child, a little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so life's very different. Okay. Mhm. Oh. I feel like I shared one bit already in another podcast. So I'm going to go with uh, my first year teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, my apartment got flooded mm-hmm. and we were out for two weeks mm-hmm. and then we moved back in because they cleaned it up supposedly. And then that same week, my roommate started like getting bad headaches and something was wrong with the situation. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to work out with my other roommate and we, I said, uh, what's this black stuff? Oh no, no, And no, apparently no. the roommate that started fainting, we looked around, so there's mold everywhere. The roommate started fainting, found a mushroom growing out of the baseboard right where he was sleeping. No. So it was like, it was like, yeah. So oh we had to move goodness. out and we had to be living in and different hotels again for three more weeks oh my goodness um and that was my first year teaching oh yay yeah 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 so So how do you show up and be you know an awesome teacher yeah because then life is not going your way the thing is about being a teacher you have to partition your emotions and gotta put up performance Mm -hmm. so zoe share yours again like what did you or actually anyone whoever feels willing jump in yeah where do we even start Teaching through transition. Well, I will I will share that uh, this school year I got engaged, yeah, and then yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all just got to go to Zoe's wedding. Yeah. It was a great wedding. It was, it was so it was, fun. It was a good. It one. was super fun. And I, uh, so yeah, there were about four months of us being engaged, and I would say for the first. Three months, I did not tell anyone at my school. Mm-hmm. And I told very few people in general, not because I was embarrassed, just because I did not know how to 
incorporate my life into my professional sure, life. Sure. Like I, mm-hmm. it felt very separate to me. Mm-hmm. And like people would ask me like, how are you? Like I would get to work, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I did not know how to be like, I'm engaged. <laughs> I would just be like, I'm good, how are you? <laughs> Cause I would, you know, it's just, yeah. it's hard to. You're more private. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hard to incorporate all aspects of me into work life. So um, that was kind of what I had done. And then at some point I was, uh, we were doing a social emotional learning professional development. And so the question was like, what's one thing that you're looking forward to in your life? And I was like, oh, I'm getting married. And they're like, when? I'm like, in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> How did they respond to that? Some people were upset with me. And most people were happy. Um, And then, yeah, I I was like, okay, you're upset with me for not telling you. This is why I didn't tell you. But no, I, (laughs) it's just like. You guys were very non-traditional about the whole thing, though. So That's true. I mean, and you didn't want all the trappings that a lot of people normally do. So you you wanted to do things differently. Yes. That's. Yes. Yeah. And something that I've just kind of been sitting with and doing things uh, in a non-traditional way is like, okay, people that are expressing their concern or like that they disagree with how, you know, I'm going about doing my life is Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's just their, you know, what they would want for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's out of usually like a place of care Mm -hmm. that they want to help or they want me to experience what they, they want experience. to celebrate you too and so like it just changes the rules yeah. on that. yeah so i yeah i guess i've just been trying to like just hold that bit of like love and joy that mm-hmm. like i have for myself and if people want to experience that with me then great and if they're on some other level then that's just how it is it was a really awesome wedding zoe oh, okay. it was <laughs> it really was <laughs> Your dress was really pretty. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are, you're the best. And that was such a funky, fun group of creatives who were all there to celebrate you guys. And the music was great and the food was amazing and the venue was killer and it was awesome. It was really fun to be there. We're using um, the, the coasters. So from from the wedding yes and, <laughs> and i kept our place cards <laughs> i have to do some shout outs to my friends that made these for me that's right Maybe it was a really good going. day yeah. do you feel like it affected you going into teaching while you were planning your wedding so i felt pretty much the whole time that i was engaged that the wedding was not necessarily the thing that i was most stressed about it's it was everything else that mm-hmm. i expected myself to do like those things i felt more of a strain like getting the concerts together and mm-hmm. um just getting to like all the professional developments i felt like stretched thin you mm-hmm. know and i um saying no to things kind of made me feel sad sometimes because i'd be like ah like i just want to be doing all the things and then i would just be so spent that i really couldn't show up for everything so i it was like okay at this time in my life I have something that's important to me and I'm prioritizing and so it inevitably is meaning that I'm going to have to kind of like reevaluate how much of myself I'm going to be spending on other things. Mm. Yeah, and that's healthy. Yeah. I think um, it's so easy to... We have a job that can swallow you whole and it often does. 
Um, and it's really easy to just spend your whole life at work, (laughs) especially when it's a passion that you do. Right. You know, like all of us are in this because we love kids and believe that what we do makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like, it's really easy to just work really long hours and give all of your time and energy to that. And we'll, we'll get to like working through grief because I know that all of us have experienced that in some form too. Um, and we talked about that before we started recording, but, uh, I know, um, I can divide how I taught between like before and after I became a parent for sure. I, I worked very differently and I worked very long hours and, uh, and I was only hired part-time, but I definitely put in more than full-time hours into my mm-hmm. teaching job. And even up until like when I was in labor, I was like finishing my grades hmm. and entering them into <laughs> computer and making yeah. sure my sub plans were set like i'm like taking a break for a contraction <laughs> and then back to typing on my computer and i just i it's ridiculous and so like certain life events make you force you to look at the way you're doing things and go like you know what maybe that's not healthy yeah. and maybe yeah. i need a little bit more separation mm-hmm. can you relate to that mark yeah um so Gemma was born in September mm-hmm. of 2018. And um, we actually, that year at school, we were on the traditional not year-round schedule because our school had just been modernized. And so, like, we were only back for maybe, like, two or three weeks. And um, we were kicking off our partnership with Turn On Arts the day that Brianna went into labor. Mm. And so, like, I was conflicted because I was like, well, I'm running this PD, but, like, you need me there. And so, like, even at the beginning, it was just this, like, is it family at work, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, Brianna talked some sense to me, and my principal was like, yeah, you need to leave. Bye. We'll figure it out. Um, and so I... I went, like your principal. Yeah, I do, too. She's very, very forgiving in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ever since having Gemma, um, I've just... I approach how I interact with students a lot differently because if I see myself treating a student who I wouldn't like want a, an adult to treat my kid, like mm-hmm. it, it's definitely changed how I how I how I am and how I am a person and mm-hmm. how I interact and stuff. Um, yeah, and then just seeing those little milestones that she hits and that are just the best. Um, she's starting to talk now and she says words and she says mama and dada. In her high and bi, will just melt your freaking heart. Oh my gosh, a little bi, yeah. <clears throat> the best. Um, <laughs> but just like it's, it's made me just, uh, I guess, a little bit softer um, as a teacher, but still like holding high expectation for my kids, mm-hmm. not just letting them kind of run around and do whatever they want because I don't want Gemma doing that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you have to set those boundaries. Um, but yeah. And a lot of sleepless nights. More so for my wife than me, because she's kind. Mm. But yeah. I think that that was one of the hardest things that I tried to navigate working. I didn't have any paid maternity leave. So the most time I could take off with each kid was about six weeks. Um, and so, like, going back to work when I still, like, physically wasn't 100% was sure. really hard. And, um, and like, not sleeping <laughs> and, like, trying to, to be a nice teacher. <laughs> when I was very, very sleep deprived and up, you know, four or five times a night, um, to feed the babies. It was rough, dude. Um, but I remember, uh, 
finding ways to compartmentalize and center myself before I entered a room because I never wanted to snap at a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to just, I had to be very deliberate about my planning, um, but also the time in which the planning happened. So mm-hmm. work for the first time in my career, work happened at work and work stayed at work. So even if it meant that I needed to show up an hour or two early, um, I was there and I did my work, but then I never put it in the car to take it home again. Um, And I still, I'm not perfect at it, but I really try to do that Mm -hmm. because it will always be there. I will always have programs to design and people to email, but I can't. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think I've said it before, but you find out that there are things you don't get back. Yeah. Yeah. And those win. I'm going to change my story. Do it. Because my first year, I was just a mess. Um, <laughs> as we all were. And I don't really have any story to really build off of it other than just pushing through it. It was not a, a fun time. Mm-hmm. Typically, but, you were homeless, dude. Like that's, uh, Oh, yeah. Man, Ooh. that's oh, so yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah. Living in hotels is not fun. For like, little kids, sure. Yeah. For adults. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. so I've mentioned this on, on a podcast before. I believe it was my personal pod, uh, my personal episode. Your story. Right. Yeah. Uh, last school year, um, a beloved teacher of ours uh, um, passed away mm-hmm. uh, very unexpectedly. Um, and it shook the whole community because he was the spirit of our school. He was definitely the rallying cry. He's the person that really just carried kids' spirits up by not just teaching, but caring deeply and pushing kids where they needed to be pushed. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. firm, traditional, uh, firm fashion, not traditional, firm, but loving fashion, very Mm -hmm. communal, very community-oriented person. Um, and sixth grade, right? Sixth grade teacher, and yeah, it sucked. It was rough for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still remember though the week after I was talking to um, one of the staff members, and yeah, I just you know checked in with him how he's doing. He says it's fine, but you know it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And I felt really off mm-hmm. by that. Like I understand that that mentality. I understand that it's time to move on, but. There's also time to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened when he passed away, uh, we had on-site psychologists for people to talk to them, mm-hmm. um, be it teachers or students. And I went to talk to somebody. But um, from what I was told, students from other classes went, but none of his students went to go in. Mm-hmm. Not a single one. And I felt this, again, this is not right. This is not right that kids don't feel, don't know how to grieve. Yeah. And it's probably really scary for them. It's really scary. Yeah. To reach out. Someone, I mean, to have it happen. To have it, yeah. I, I, the yeah. first person that died close to me was probably around my college time. For sixth graders to experience that, it just mm-hmm. messes with them, understandably. And then Absolutely. they got a new teacher in a quarter. Is like, am I supposed to just move on? And so I decided, unlike in this situation, unlike partitioning, I decided to lean into it, lean mm-hmm. into the pain. And like during the third quarter of our school, I decided for my school to sing a song, My Sleeping At Last, called Saturn, which is, if you read the words, um, they're heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a heavy, heavy song. Um, opening line, you, um, you taught me the courage of stars before you left. 
how life carries on um, even after death. The yeah, and you can read on. I'll put it in the notes below. But it was like, and the kids, I had the kids listen to the song, and I knew it would be hot, tough. But then I turned around, I was like, not a single red eye except for one kid. But um, and they're asking, like, you know, kid, like, kids are asking, well, why do we need to sing the song? It's like, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do it, I completely understand. But there needs to be a space for you to express how you feel because there hasn't. Mm-hmm. And this is up to you. This is not my song. Mm-hmm. This is your choir. This is you guys. It's up to you to choose. Do you want to sing this song or not? And everyone unanimously agreed, yes, this is a t- mm-hmm. our time to push in. And it was not an easy quarter for us to learn it, but um, it was probably the most impactful song that I've ever led hmm. as a teacher. Um, and I know the students will never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And there's the difference, too, between when something happens in your personal life that you have to leave at the door and when something happens to you and your students as a community and you have to lead them yes. through their pain while you're walking through it yourself. Mm-hmm. Because the teacher who passed away was a really close friend of yours. He was, yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, like you guys were, were a team we were. in building the school culture. And so like you were deeply grieving the loss of your friend. And so like to, to go through that, but then to open up to your kids about that. And I think I just really admire that you showed emotion unashamedly as, as a guy, you know, like they don't see that enough. Mm. And I just like to, to see what a healthy grief looks like. Goodness, Jonathan, like if I could give you an award (laughs) (laughs) for how you walked your kids through their grief that year. I, I just, I think it was amazing to watch and I must've been one of the hardest things you've ever done, but mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Um, yeah. They, it was worth it. They will never forget it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one student going, actually, sorry. One of the parents talked to me afterwards saying, yeah, my, my daughter, she said, the song makes me cry, but these are tears of healing. Oh. And it's like. I'll stick with that. Didn't we put that as one of our quotes from the classroom? We did. I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, there's, these times of transition, it depends on the case. It really depends yeah. on the case. Sometimes we definitely need to place our heart separate from what we teach, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if a community is hurt, we as the art teachers, we have a responsibility to bring the community together. I feel like we're kind of in a unique position to show kids that teachers are humans too. Yeah. Just because of the subject matter that we teach and and the length of time that we teach the kids. Mm -hmm. They really get to know us as people. Like I remember um, student teaching and being with one of the sixth grade teachers while he was eating a sandwich or something. And some kid like came in to grab something from his room and he saw his teacher eating and he just looked at him with this weird look on his face and said, you eat. Mm. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, you're in sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) You should know this by now. But they really, they don't understand teachers as human beings. They really don't. Yeah. Um, and so to to open up and say, like, I'm going through my own things too, guys. It's like yeah. one of those things where you see a teacher outside of school. And it's yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Right. You belong at the... <laughs> well, I've, I've had a couple of run-ins with students outside of school, and they're just so excited. You know? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. They want to say hi. I, had a, I was at a Padre game with some friends, and we're walking up to our seats, and 
I thought I heard my name, and then I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I heard, Mr. Cameron, like, really loud. And Toronto's one of my little third graders. He's just waving his, like, it was, just, it was the cutest thing. So that I went and chatted cute. for a moment. But, like, and yeah. then he found out you're a Dodgers fan, and they just hated oh. you. It's true, but then it wasn't actually a Dodger game, but okay. the Padres did lose. Fun fact about this game. Um, we were with some friends who were um, from Ireland, and um, he looked over, he was like, why are, why are the Padres not hitting the ball as much as the other team? Okay. <laughs> it's like, well... That's a, cause a lot of young players. That's why. Got a lot of young players. Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> All restrained. Oh, man. Yeah, there's, the okay. I I have come to see like the the music room is a place that should be safe and it should be a, a place of like safety and growth and it's sacred space and their hour once a week is their hour yeah. to fully be themselves and to be kids and I like I claim that over my room like in this room my children get to be children and I say it before I start teaching every day and it really grounds me mm-hmm. um, you know no matter what go- what is going on at home no matter what happened in the hallway or what happened on the playground when they walk through this threat they get to be themselves and their most authentic selves and I get to empower that um, and then when the day is done I have to close the door and leave my work at work um, because it's just if I carry them home goodness I, d- I don't have anything left for my family or for myself and that's not okay either and that's why mm-hmm. people quit yeah yeah mm-hmm Burnout's I, a thing. I, it is a burn. Yeah, burnout is a thing. I had a mentor tell me that um, sometimes she thought it was even helpful for um, teachers to like change their clothes when they get home to just mm-hmm. like completely, like you change your shoes, like Mister Rogers, put on your cardigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, Mr. I love him great. too. We're talking about Fred Rogers, by the way. I mean Jesse Rogers. Is Jesse okay, Rogers but... is pretty legit, but <laughs> I love Fred. I, yeah. I really identify with Joanne, but Fred's pretty legit. Mm. His wife. Mm-hmm. Never mind. We'll talk about this later. Didn't know he was married. <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. Joanne's oh. amazing. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I derailed no, our no train worries. again. <laughs> you good girl. Let's talk I, about moving during the first week of school. Mm. I want to hear from Zoe. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the first time was not my... I did not necessarily choose that day to move. Yeah. I had never been um, employed full time. So there were no apartments in Chula Vista that would allow me to live at their place. Oh, no. (laughs) They did not accept my application um, until I had proof of employment, which Mm. happened on the first day of work. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and then I and actually it worked out that um, I was a music teacher, though, because the um, apartment manager was a, uh, she loved playing the piano. Mm. And I ended up teaching her daughter violin lessons. Oh, cool. They were my upstairs, ah, upstairs neighbor. <laughs> and so that worked out. She was really nice to me and she allowed me to eventually live there. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I moved on the first day of school. But it was tough because the two weeks... I had arrived in Chula Vista about a month prior Mm -hmm. to the first day of school, about maybe three weeks. And Lori let me stay with her Mm -hmm. while I was looking for a place to live. And it ended up taking just a really long time. So that first week of school, I was going from motel to motel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, it's really hard. And... um, 
but now I mean I'm glad I had that experience because I actually I have students that mm-hmm. are homeless and they live in yeah. the apart like, yeah. not in the apartments the motels right where I was staying mm. and yeah. so I'm like yeah that's their every day yeah. I did that for like five days and it was tough yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so I would not advise it to anyone <laughs> who's thinking about moving try and time it during one of your breaks yeah that'd be ideal uh but i you know it was just like okay this is the start of the year this is the start of a new place to live yeah yeah i, mean, I don't know. Move, you had to unpack i did like, like once you got to your place you had to unpack and like get everything in order while yeah you were still yeah well and that year i did not have a classroom either so i was on oh, the car right. so oh. I, I didn't have instruments either oh, so i was man. like i don't know what's happening that was an adventure of a first year huh oh, we were a mess we were a mess <laughs> yeah did partners yeah yeah <laughs> one of my first years um at at one of my previous schools i uh it was the year i i had a baby in november and they didn't know i was pregnant when they interviewed me Oof. And I was not legally obligated to tell them, mm-hmm. so I didn't. <laughs> but they weren't very happy about it. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah, but it's it is interesting, like going through all that stuff. Did you guys do anything to ground yourselves while you were going through all of mm. that, like before, like to put yourself in the mindset of, okay, it's time to be a teacher now. Did you find yourself needing to separate that? Not everybody needs to. Some people need to live their life in silos or boxes or whatever analogy you want to use. I've never really been very good at that. I haven't. No. Yeah. I, I, I just... The story I shared last year, that was, that was definitely... um. I definitely did not do a good job partitioning myself between my personal and work life. But yeah. I, I feel like I go to school early enough for me to mentally set myself. So mm-hmm. it's kind of when I when I'm cleaning the room is kind of my transition and my kind of sacred time to just slowly transition from my personal John Seligman to my Mr. Seligman Seligman. Okay. Seligman. So when you're slow. <laughs> <laughs> When you're cleaning up at the end of the day. Oh, uh, before in the beginning, actually. In the beginning of the uh, day. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. I like that. That's yeah. good. Preparing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's on my drive to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listen to sports talk radio every morning, extra thirteen sixty, and um, just during that time, I'm just able to just kind of get ready for the day. And I know that if they get to a certain segment of the show and I'm not quite where I need to be, like, I need to hurry up. And so by the time, like, they're at their, their break at, like, 7.23, I should be close to work. And so once I know that and, like, I'm able to get to work and then I'm able to kind of just shed the day. Because I have about a 20, 25-minute commute to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that just listening to the radio just kind of helps me put aside what happened in the morning at home and, like, if anything that Gemma needed or whatever it was and just kind of get that mental preparedness for the day. Mm-hmm. And then when I walk in my classroom, just to like, okay, let's, let's get at it. Yeah. So I have a long commute, so it's nice. Yeah. Hmm. Well, something that I've done recently, I can't think back to that time of <laughs> transition. Isn't I think it, it weird was just everything like, blurs. Whoa. Yeah. John Cena. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Something I've been doing is vocal warm-ups on my drive Mm -hmm. to work. And 
Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, I was so nervous this uh, this year about, I think because of the wedding, about losing my voice. Mm-hmm. I just had this fear that I was going to have no voice. I'd be trying to say my vows. And, <laughs> and uh, so I talked to my voice teacher about uh, like vocal health, like how can I stay healthy? And she suggested doing vocal warm-ups every day. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like your talk show, like I time my vocal warm-up. So like by the time I get down the hill, I should just be breathing. And then by the time I get to the freeway, you know, like I'll be doing, um, you know, just like a vocal exploration. And then by the time I get to the third exit, then I'm like into my my more involved vocal warm-ups. And yeah. I, I find that singing is very grounding, you know, yes. and just like, um, yeah, like sometimes listening to music is too stimula- stimulating for me in the morning. So just like making sounds mm-hmm. by myself is kind of relaxing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jonathan. <laughs> That's how John rides to work. That's right. He makes his weird human noises. I, I, you, back when I was on a cart, it was really important. And before kids, um, it was really important for me to use my commute on the way to work um, to get ready for the day. I've always needed to visualize my kids before I see them and kind of think through my work day and mm-hmm. what's going to what's going to be said and who's going to receive it and what my lesson looks like and what my desired outcomes are. Um, so I I just have to visualize them. And so now that the kids are with me in the car, my children, um, I have to like deposit them at school first (laughs) before I can get in that zone because they're just so dang noisy from the minute they wake up in the morning. (laughs) I can't think. Um, Drones. Holy moly. My house is so noisy. Um, And it's, it's happy little boy noise. And I'm very grateful for it. I don't take it for granted. But I also, there's no thinking space. <laughs> um, so after I drop them off in the cafeteria in the morning, I go to my room and um, I clean the instruments that we're going to use. And um, I have like really nice natural smelling stuff like that's made out of rosemary and lavender oils. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wipe everything down with that and the room smells nice. And I, I just like to think as I'm like rolling through all the rhythm sticks, like about the hands that are going to touch them. And I think about the kids that are going to walk through the door and I sanitize the chairs and the sit spots. And I just, I see their faces and it just really brings me to the work that I have to do that that's day. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I've come to do. And kind of going back to grief and working, um, the day that my uncle passed, uh, another teacher came to get me, uh, when the phone call came through and my colleagues were really great that day. They just like took the rest of the classes for me. And it was back when I was working at a Catholic school. So I just went to the chapel and just kind of sat and did what I needed to do until I was ready to drive home. Um, but I've had that. And then this year, one of my very best friends passed away from cancer. And so, I came back to school three days after she passed and, um, I was, I had a rough day and it, you know, grief comes in waves mm. and, uh, sometimes you think you're doing okay and then you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, there's nothing I can do about the emotion that is sweeping over me right now. Um, and you just have to let it kind of blow through you. And so I, I was really upfront with the kids about that one, um, to a sixth grade class in particular and just, just said like, Hey this is what I'm going through. And I'm really sorry if I'm not my usual present patient self with you. It's not you. I want you to know that. And, and they received it so sweetly 
they were so kind hmm. um, and receptive to that. And I think it meant a lot to them that I was honest with them. So walking that balance between like, what do I drop at the door and yeah. what do I have no option but to bring in with me? <laughs> you know, it's really, it's tough. Yeah, we talk yeah. about educating the whole child. What about teaching from the whole self, you mm-hmm. know? My wife and I, a few years ago, we had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was 17 weeks. And like, I was, I'm sitting here trying to think about how, because I think I, I think it happened over the weekend. And like, I went back to work that Monday. And I'm trying to remember, like, honestly, how I was. And I can't, mm-hmm. you know? But I think I do remember telling the kids, like, hey, this happened. And we're going to try this today. And it's just, everything just seemed to slow down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trying to remember, like, we have a job to do. And what we do is healing. And just use that to your advantage. Maybe you do an activity that's more for you um, in that situation that the kids kind of participate in. But, yeah, it was it was tough, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as losing anyone is. Um, but yeah, just honestly, just trying to think about what we did, what I did. Mm-hmm. I can't. I know what it's you just, mean though about time money. slowing down. Yeah. I've had that feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's like things get slower. Yeah. I also think it's important to tell somebody, a mm-hmm. close colleague at your school, because I don't think I did. And I think it swallowed me up for a oh, little bit. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So just letting someone know, like, your teacher best friend at your school whoever just like hey this is happening right now and if i if i just see him off like mm-hmm. can you pull me back you know? yeah yeah and i have, I have a couple of colleagues and in particular my my vapa colleague uh sahara she just she's that person who i can go to dirt for anything it's like hey this happened this is where i'm at if i need some help today can you help me she's absolutely and so just having that, that person, especially if it's a transition of grief, mm-hmm. um, having somebody who, who's close to you and who's like, who's for you, um, and don't make any rash decisions during those times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if it's a transition of family, yeah. parenthood, marriage, whatever, there's so many different family transitions. Those are the ones I've been through. So that's what's coming to mind. Um, I think it's important to just learn that it's okay to stand up for yourself and for what your family needs and, and to be honest about that because that's what really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 And don't feel guilty about it. Mm. Yeah. Cool. That feels good. It does feel good. I think we should leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, Well, before we. I'm very awkward now. (laughs) Right turn. Going from a very sentimental to very commercial, but needed point. (laughs) Um, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening mm-hmm. this week's podcast. Um, and those who've been following us for since episode zero, it's been really great having you along with us in this ride. Um, it's been great interacting with you guys on the different social media platforms. But to make this community even bigger and to empower more people, it needs more visibility. And for more visibility, it would be very helpful if you guys could leave us a review on iTunes. And being fully honest, you can give us five stars or one star, but just, just share us your feedback. We want to understand how we make uh, how we can make this podcast better. Um, also, if you have more in-depth questions, uh, you're more than welcome to send us an email at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. 
All right. Back with Spiccato after the break. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. If you're in the area, they'd love to have you come by the office. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. Anyway, Spicato. I have one of Gemma's toys. I just freaking love. What is that what thing? Is it, yeah. um, it is, for those of you who are listening, it's like an octopus in each tentacle, if you squeeze. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the top is like a little... Oh. <laughs> I freaking love this thing. Um, have you determined what key it's in? I have no idea. But you can get Macklemore's downtown. <laughs> the beginning. So yeah, I just freaking love this thing. I've played with it more than she has. (laughs) Did you buy it for her? I bought it for me. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't a gift. Actually, I have no idea. We had it before she was born, and I was playing with it a lot. What would you do with it? (laughs) (laughs) I think I would just sit there with it on lunch break and be stressed. (laughs) I don't know, you kind of it has an aesthetic of like a boomwhacker because you have those colors for the pitches. Yeah. You don't know what the pitches. You know what it is though, but it's probably a good way to have the students create music through just color notation instead of. You can't not smile when you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So this little octopus thingy. What is it called? Oh, it's by Lamaze. Sure. Cool. Sure. Why not? Ooh, they're like, the legs are kind of stiff. stiff. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Okay, I think I would use this as a, like, I'm going to toss this to you, and it's your turn now. Like, if we're having a group discussion. I feel like it's got enough... Well, it would you'd have to it wouldn't be the first thing I ever did that with, but sure, sure. I we, I do that sometime when we're doing community circle type yeah. shares when we're brainstorming and this has such a nice weight to it. You can really use it to to throw. So, I think that's that's how I would use it first. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Let's all hear the crinkle in the microphone. No, stop. <laughs> okay. Zaza. Um I'm sorry, it's the handle. It's the one thing that I can't figure out what to use. Um, you know, I think there would be. Uh, I would just use it as a drone. Like, mm. find the one color that fits in the song, and someone mm. gets to play that one. Ostinato, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can use it for starting pitches. Oh, That'd be pretty funny. You cross your fingers. 
Guys, we're playing A. I feel like you could use the top part if you were having the kids like be a fire. Mm. Sounds like a crackling fireplace. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can dig. How would you use it, Mark? <laughs> what does your daughter use it for? Uh, to hug. So, yeah, to hug. To oh, it's very She helpful. doesn't quite have the the hand strength to squeeze it by herself, but uh, she, she throw her whole body on it to make kind it do. Of. But she'll describe it like. Ooh. I mean, that's what I want to do that's, to it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. That. I'd play Malcolm Moore's down to. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. I like it. Ooh. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's sing. Cool. All right, so this is another uh, round from the exercise song, but containing songs and rounds with physical exercise from 1855. Round of the week. The bell that's in the steeple high is ringing merrily. The bell that's in the steeple high is ringing merrily. So, girls versus boys? Yeah. Girls, here we go. The bell that's in the steeple high is so easy to add on to mm-hmm. like i want to i want to go ding yes. dong ding dong <laughs> we'll find something that works no is it there you go there's dough <laughs> oh my gosh awesome. okay we brought it back crazy. to the octopus so zoe where could we find you on the socials <laughs> You can find me at Ms. Kumagai. You can find me at Fanny Vapa. You can find me at Mr. Keemer. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. You can also contact us. We already told you about the email, but feel free to send us your thoughts at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. Or we also tweet stuff uh, and also post stuff on the Instas. So you can find us at CH Classroom. Also Facebook. Find us on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kamer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com I don't want anyone to leave us a one-star review. I know either, but...
I don't want to say that. I mean, when I say that, if you guys want to interject and say yeah, like, five stars only, yeah, like you can. But I mean, my me who's saying the review. Honestly, if we got a one star review, it would destroy me. <laughs> it'd be a troll. I can't hear. I'd probably it. say, "Mom, can you go take your review off, please?" <laughs> Well, wait, what's gonna happen is if we get a one star review, we're gonna you know cite them on the podcast. Oh, like, so that's true. Jason, um, what's up with this? <laughs> Satan's uncle six four seven. Take your review down. 